Operation Tango Romeo is supported by Third Eye Insights in partnership with Miller's Lawyers. Third Eye Insights is a marketing agency specializing in creating content that connects with humans. They provide top-level logo and branding, website design, SEM and SEO, social media design and management, as well as print and promotional material. You can find them at thirdeyeinsights.ca. Miller's Lawyers is a top-level law firm led by my friend and fellow Army veteran, Philip Miller. Miller's Lawyers serves all of Canada, with offices in Calgary, London, and Toronto. If you can't afford to lose, choose Miller's Lawyers. Visit them at millerslaw.com. That's M-I-L-L-A-R-S law.com. Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. It's been a long time coming, but we got Sean <laughs> Conahan on the show today. How's it going, sir? Good. good. That's an understatement. Because uh, you asked me a long time ago, and for some reason it didn't happen. Obviously, obviously my fault. But uh, <laughs> and now you're frozen. Tend to say is oh, that? Uh, yep, yeah, you just froze up on me, and I think uh, no. Oh no, no, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> but you know, I tend to think that obviously it wasn't the right time. This is the right time. I think everything happens for a reason. And, uh, yeah, but my apologies cause you've been waiting a long time. Oh no, it's all good. Well, I was on your <laughs> show way like, like a couple of years yes. ago, maybe more old school. Yeah. Yeah. It was a while. So it was a while ago. Uh, what keeps you going with the Uptalk podcast? I mean, you've been at it for a while. You've been put out a pile of content and really good stuff, but what keeps you going? Well, that's a good question. Cause that came up recently. Um, Uptalk is about to go into its seventh season. And really into the sixth season, the first part of it, I was severely burnt out. Um, I was working for Wayfam at the health group at the time and then and doing the podcast as well. And and for the first six and three-quarter seasons, um, I did everything myself, much like you do, I imagine. So, yeah. you know, record everything myself and then edit everything myself. Uh, or try to fumble through it, but, um, and then put everything out. Like it just, and I was starting to get tired, honestly. And um, looking back now, I think at the time it was too much, it sounds weird, too much mental health because my first, my Monday to Friday job was specifically about first responder mental health with Wayfound. Mm-hmm. And then in my off time, my hobby was also first responder mental health. Um, and I think I just, um, I was, I was just burnt out. It was, it was too much, if that makes sense. Oh no, it does. It's a lot of work. And, yeah. uh, what have you gotten I mean, out of it? Sorry, go ahead. Like, like for, for yourself, um, all that effort that you put into up top podcast, what has it done for you personally though? There must be some reward there for you. 
Oh, it is. It is. Um, I just want to, I'll just end off on what you, the last question there. Sure. So that three quarters through a season six, I'll make this quick. I was a guest on another podcast, a friend of mine, Martina Kaladis, and her Life Out Loud podcast. And it's recorded at BNV Studios right here in Halifax on the waterfront. And I was there and I was like, holy, this is nice. Like, <laughs> And then the producer approached me afterwards and said, hey, why don't you bring your stuff here? And I was like, let's give that a go. And now just showing up, having my chat and leaving and everybody else doing all the other work has really reinvigorated me. Like it's, I'm totally remotivated. And I think it, I would, ju- I had just been taking on too much. Yeah. So totally. where, where's up talk at now and um, where you yeah. want to go with it? So up talk is going to be, uh, is now a BNV original podcast under their uh, portfolio. They have like an Apple uh, podcast channel and they're looking after all the production, helping me with marketing going forward. It's awesome. Yeah. Like it's, um, it's such a weight off my shoulders for me. Um, It's, it's just been, it's been life changing. So now, you know, before I was kind of looking for the end, like, okay, when am I going to end this thing? Like when, how, how am I going to end it? Now I'm not looking for that. Now I'm like, okay, whew, I, I can keep going until I can't go anymore. Cause as you know, there's lots more work to do. Yeah. But you, you asked me a good question about UpTalk and what it does for me personally. UpTalk was originally created for me personally to sound kind of selfish because, you know, after 17 years of being a paramedic and a volunteer firefighter, all of a sudden, I found myself with no benefits, no career, no identity, no income. And I didn't have any way to go to a culturally competent psychologist who knows first responders to get help. I There was just no way for me to do that. I could get, I go to free, obviously, uh, community mental health services, but chances are I'm not going to get the, like I say, the culturally competent first responder knowledge base from a psych- from that psychologist. So basically what I did, cause I was always a, hist- I was always a fan of podcasts, listen to a lot of history podcasts, Dan Carlin's hardcore history, the best. If you like history, obviously a fan of Joe Rogan, listen to him from the beginning. And I said, you know what, let's just, um, how about we just do this? How about I'll just start it. We'll figure it out. We'll wing it. But I can have, you know, leading psychologists in first responder mental health on my podcast, talk to them for two hours, pick their brain, and I'm not paying them a thing. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So, and because I needed to educate myself in all of this and figure out how to start the, you know, the path to growth. And if it helped anybody else, well, that's just, uh, you know, that's just a cherry on the, on top of the Sunday, really. Um, now that's sort of flipped. Uh, you know, I've, because all my guests are awesome, you know, you've been on, you're awesome. I learn so much every time. My, my tool belt is overwhelmingly full. There's no situation if I recognize it and am willing to do the hard work that I don't have a tool for or that I can't quickly find one just from reaching out to all the people that I've met, you know? So now it's really turned focus to, you know, maintaining my wellness, not making, you know, just, just maintaining, but also just trying to help as many people as I can. 
so they don't have to go through what I went through. Um, you know, as far as the, you know, the personal turmoil, the professional turmoil, um, it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't mean it's easy. It's not easy and it does not get easier. It's hard work, but it's necessary. And, um, when you make that conscious choice to do that, things change. It doesn't mean you're perfect. I stumble a lot. I fall off the wagon. I struggle. But when I do struggle, Mark, it's like if I look back and I go through my normal wellness things I should be doing, there's at least one or two of them that I just stopped doing for some reason, didn't realize it. And that's why, you know, I may be struggling now. And when I get back on track and start doing those things, for the most part, things get better, if you know what I mean. Do you find that your self-awareness has gone up, that you're able to tell when uh, it's like, "Uh uh-oh, cup's starting to get full. And, but whereas yeah. before you didn't realize till it was too late? For sure I do. Um, and it's really important when I'm, when I'm back home here with family that I'm present because for years, you know, over a decade, I was not present. I so thought tell I was me, awesome, to, to, thought I was the best dad, the best husband, the best friend. What does that mean Great to not guy. be present? Like I know what you're talking about, but for the audience. Yeah. It means... That I'm not think I'm not dwelling on the path. I'm not sitting in the living room with my wife and daughter, or sitting wherever playing a game, thinking about past mistakes. You know, thinking with that and sort of projecting those mistakes into the future. I'm not thinking about the past or the future. I'm just thinking about now, and I'm looking at my wife. You know, looking at my daughter, thankful, taking part in the activity that we're doing without all these extra thoughts. And that's not easy. No, it's all. not. And and uh, let's dig in there. So um, you talked about the tools that you have. And then, yeah. I, then I asked about what, what what is it to not be present? So what tools have you used since we're like right here? Let's just stay yeah. here for a second. Um, yeah, for sure. what, what, what tools have you used that are useful for you to help you be present? Well, I have one main tool now, and it was taught to me by uh, Terrence Joseph Kosakar. Um, You may or may not know him out in BC, Camp My Way, flips the tires. Yep. He's a crazy guy. He's a beast. Love him. So he taught me the five-by-five five breathing, and now I talk about it all the time. And it's not anything new, I don't think. I think people are aware of it. But basically what happens is using, you know, you breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. You have a five-second inhalation and then a five-second exhalation. And you have to do that five times. But it's not that easy because if any other thoughts come into your head other than focusing on your breath. Start again. You have to start again. So, of course, when I'm first doing this, it took me forever. So now what? when I recognize that, oh, my mind's not here, my mind's wandering, I should be sitting here taking part in this activity. My mind's wandering. Or if I notice my stress level up, um, you know, and what happens to me, of course, is that prefrontal cortex shuts down. So my communication, my logic, my reasoning conveniently is offline. So which doesn't really tend to work around family, especially when trying to communicate with your wife. That's not convenient. When I notice that I get stressed or anything like that, I'll just I'll take a time out. I just I tell my wife or my daughter, I'll be back in like two minutes. I go to some place, I usually go to the, our bedroom, I look out the window, I focus on something out the window, either like a tree or something. And I'll breathe in for five seconds. And what I've done to 
for the five seconds is for each second I say, I am good enough. So five syllables, five seconds. And I do that the same when I exhale. And then once I can get through that five by five, my prefrontal cortex is back online. I'm not stressed. My brain doesn't think I'm in the middle of a threat. I go out and things are much better. But the key has been recognition, like I said, because for years you think that you're awesome. Yeah, I've got this. Until I'm good. you find out that you don't, that you aren't, right? Yeah. yeah, until it hits you in the face like a shovel. Yeah, it does. And then you realize that, man, you were horrible. You were a horrible, <laughs> horrible person to be around. I have no idea why my wife and daughter are still here. They had every reason not to be here. I thank them all the time for still being here because, really, they probably shouldn't. Like, they didn't have to I've put said up those with a lot, ex- of the, I've said those, a lot of the crap. I've said those same words and uh, uh, in my first marriage. She goes, like, what yeah. do you mean I shouldn't? I'm like, <laughs> well, if I know, you know it's odd, it's an odd thing to say, but it's, um, but it's true. It's totally true. So you yeah. have to be, so, I mean, so my biggest obstacle for me, I would say in maintaining my wellness is guilt because every time mm. I see my wife or daughter, I get a flood, a wave of guilt. And if I'm not careful, it'll sweep me away and I'll be screwed for like days. I'll just be in a haze and trying to get back on track. So as soon as you have to be on guard, and like this is a hard work, it's exhausting. You have to be on guard for all these thoughts to come through your head. You have to microanalyze them all before you connect with them or before you actually think about them. Sean, for so, this, for the sake of those listening and only yeah. if you're, um, we didn't do a pre-show thing. I, I, I try to avoid those on purpose, oh. but you can always say pass. Okay. You can always say oh, pass, dude, but uh, tell me There's more. No passes happening here. J- 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 no just, just to connect with the audience. What is this guilt about? Like you look at your, yeah, oh, yeah, you, you, look, sure. you look so, at your family, you feel guilt and shame. Tell me about that guilt yeah. and shame. Okay. So, I mean, I'll start with my daughter. So again, thought I was the best dad ever when really all I was doing is coming home from a shift saying the minimum I could just, hello, like, are you bleeding? Is anything on fire? I love you. And then I go to the bedroom and try to get as much sleep as I can to prepare to survive the next shift. Really? Which is not engaging with family. It doesn't make your family feel cared for. And also because of the memory aspect of PTSD, it, it affects the hippocampus and you get some memory issues. Yeah, you do. There are big events, big events in my daughter's life that I was there for. I was there. I don't recall them at all. I don't even remember them. And I don't. And it's really hard telling my wife that because it doesn't make her happy. And I understand why. But it's truth. I, and you know, and I explain the sort of science to them and why it happens. And it's not, you know, it's not an excuse. It's not anything like that. It's just I don't remember. So and do, of course, do you feel shame for not remembering those big events? Oh, big time! Big, 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 big time! Even though there's not a thing you could do about it, and it's not your fault, and yeah. you're powerless to do anything about it. Yeah, that's the bullshit. That's the bullshit. Your your brain tells you that it is your fault. It's your fault. You're awful. And for years I bought into that before I started telling my brain to shut the fuck up, like on a daily basis. <laughs> it's a terrible right? voice. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. So you believe that. It's believable. Your brain tells you you are the most horrible thing on the face of this earth and that everybody you care about would be much better off if you were not here. That is the message that you get, and you have you have to turn that away. You have to say this is bullshit, and you have to be able to recognize that, and it's not easy. So, you know, I do feel shame for that. And then also, of course... As a husband, I, I, I was a horrible husband. I wasn't in, engaging or present with my wife in, the fa- in, in that being responsible for household duties or, you know, finances. I thought I was killing it, but really I was putting it all on her, dumping it all on her and not, not being aware of it. And then, of course, for me, people that know me, I'm not an angry person. It takes a lot to get me really angry. I'm pretty chill. But not then, man, we, my, me and my wife, you know, there was, I had volatile anger, so unlike me, right? So, you know, there were some pretty angry moments between me and my wife. And, and Julia saw some of them and didn't see others. And, you know, now, now she's 18, right? And so she starts to remember some of those things. You know, she has questions. She's a little pissed off, and she should be, right? So it's it's working through that. So every time I see them, I think of that. I think of what I put them through. I put them through hell. I made things so much harder than they had to be. Um, Wasn't present through a lot of important, you know, landmarks in life uh, for my daughter or for my wife, even though I thought I was. And it's hard to keep telling them you know, that I didn't do this on purpose. I didn't choose to be a dick. Because it's happening all, all the same. Sudden. Yeah, but it's happening. But it's happening. It's a hard thing, yeah. right? Because you're still responsible. I'm still responsible for everything I say, everything I do. And well, the, and that's, that's exactly it right there. And uh, it's making that line between what's my fault and what am I responsible for. If it happened right. and there's nothing I can do about it other than my best <laughs> and I still fail, that's not my fault, but I'm still responsible yeah. for doing the work so that it happens less often and with less intensity and maybe even at some point not at all possible. Right. But right. Um, we, I've heard people say, I will never do that again. I swear it. Uh, you're going to fail. Don't say those words. Because you're going to you're going to fail. I've said those words so many times. So many times. You're going uh, to fail. I've said this to somebody right after what that pro, that proclamation. I had la- first. I had a chuckle because I've said that <laughs> yeah. too. Uh, said, Look, yeah. you will fail, and because uh, you yeah. will, you will fail. You will. Um, so it's not about never doing it again. It's about why am I doing it? What's going on in my body before it happens? Right. So, so that I can head it off at the pass. What tools can I use to cope in the moment? But also, what the fuck is this about? And that's where yeah. uh, you can't do that with peer support or anything else. You got to go to therapy, psychedelics, this sort of thing, because you got to get to the root of it. The, right. We're, and you have to be honest with yourself. You got to be honest. To call yourself out. I just, just two nights ago, um, finally figured out something from 1994. Boom! You know, wow. like like one of those breakthroughs, right? Where I was able to put all the pieces together finally, and I'm like, okay, all right. So that's what is uh, trapped under the surface. So you have yeah. to figure out what's causing it. 
because uh, if you don't, you you have no idea how to deal with it. But that right. takes and you have to, and early help. recognition. You have to realize when when to recognize it. Yeah, right. But I had one of those just recently. One of those things that you mentioned. So for years, <laughs> I, like uh, so, I'll tell my wife and my daughter like, every time I do something that I appreciate it very much. I love that. I appreciate it. Thank you. And for some reason down the road, it always comes back that they didn't feel appreciated. And in my head for years, I'm thinking, what are you talking about? I am telling you how much you're appreciated many times a day. I, I didn't get it. It clicked the other night. For me, all I had growing up were, were words. I had like, just, you know, I appreciate you or I love you. Not really a whole lot of actions because I was by myself a lot growing up because both my parents worked multiple jobs, you know, I was home by myself, didn't see a whole lot of family, didn't have a whole lot of family lessons as far as etiquette and how you how you do things, because I was by myself. So for me, words meant a lot. If someone said that to me, because I know how much, I don't know how honest I am when I say it, I that, that means it for me. I feel appreciated if someone says it. it, makes me feel appreciated. But for my wife, what I was doing, though, was projecting what I felt appreciation was onto how she should feel appreciation was. So my wife is action-based, totally, which really means a lot of hard work for me. But I finally realized that, and I, I wrote her this, this sort of message, like, and I just asked her, how do you recognize appreciation? Because I'm starting to realize that you don't recognize it the same way I do, and I'm giving it to you the way I would want it. How, how do you want it? Ding. Like how, what works for you? You know what I mean? Yeah. And what'd she say? Um, I think she's, that was just the other night. She's still thinking about it. I think. <laughs> uh, but it, and I want to have that because right now I'm home, but I isolated for like three days. You must have the caution. book on your shelf, uh, Sean, the five love languages. You got that in the house, don't you? Dude, I've never even heard of that. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Get a pen, write it down. Okay. I got a pen right here. I got a pen right here. Settle down. What's what, what you are talking about is called yeah. the, the five love languages. Really? Yeah. There's five. There's acts of service. There's words of affirmation, which you you use. So to help, and you can just Google what are the five and say, that'll help her answer your question. But uh, I would suggest getting the book, you both read it, The Five Love Languages, and it'll it'll clear that right up for you. You'll figure out what the hell's going on. Dude, that's awesome. But, you know, and I... I Available at Amazon.com. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah so that was a big thing for me because that's you know we tend to do that we tend to give people energy the way we would want to receive it a lot and then we wonder why people are have a problem with that we're like man it's like like why are you giving me trouble for this i'm giving you everything you want well no no, no you're not you're giving i'm giving her everything i want i'm gonna uh, or i would want i'm gonna um contribute here so there's the five love languages that we're talking about, but I, I would yeah. also encourage people to uh, look at the different communication types. It's measured in many different ways. I'm trained mm-hmm. in DISC, so I can teach DISC. I'll have to do that as an episode. But I, actually, I'm pretty sure I have at some point. It's been 180 well, some I, odd, I so I don't know. Did, but you have. I'll do it again. But um, everybody communicates in a different way. And if you're communicating in the wrong way, it might as well be another language. Like, Sean, if, right. I, if I was to say to you, yet ye, some say, unlok chat pa kao sap. Sure. Sure. You have no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> no. And if I got mad no. about that, I said, uh, Sean, yet ye, 
Sam C. <laughs> Un look chat pa cow sub. Like, yeah. why the fuck are you not understanding me? Yeah. You know, and now if I'm getting mad because you're not getting me, well, who's that on? That's on me because I'm talking Cantonese. Right. Well, if you don't yeah. speak Cantonese, how in the hell should you be able to understand what the hell I'm trying to say? So that's the dance, right? And that's, that's right. where where disc helps. Uh, the five love languages help. There's other tools, but it, you, you'll muddy the waters, right? Like you got to keep it simple. But disc, yeah. which is um, uh, the the four communication styles, it's one of the ways to measure them. Uh, but I really like it, and the five love languages. Yet ye some say unlock cows up. They're just counting to one to wow. ten in Cantonese is all it is. Nice. But that's what I plan to do. Like once, so I, as I said, I'm, I'm in isolation now, just as a precaution, because I came home from BC from work. So I'm in right. my closet. I'm sitting in my stand-in closet anyway, uh, doing this. But as soon as we're, I'm out of isolation. You know, I, I want to have that talk with Amanda and just and sort of branch that subject out because sure, I think it's valid, and I think that's why we've been seen to have you know either butt heads or be like oil and water, it's just because we're not. We are not, uh, we're judging each other a little bit, probably too much, but we're also not realizing that how, you know, the differences that a different communication style might make to me or to her. Um, we recognize different things, different things fuel us. And once we know that, then we can better understand how to properly treat our partner, if that makes sense. It, it's adapting to your environment. It's, um, everybody's got a different culture, right? But what we have to recognize is that we have different micro cultures, internal cultures. There's a a way of acting and reacting that is different for each person based on their personality types. So, you know, speak the right language. Yeah, that's right. And because you bang, you know, you hit it and hit the nail on the head. If, if you're asking me to play soccer, go out and play soccer right now. I've never played soccer in my life. Like, you know, why would you expect that of me? Or I'm not going to be able to do that. The same, re- you know, the analogy of the arm cast, so my arm was broken in a cast. You wouldn't expect me to throw a ball or to lift weights, right? So, you know, why why are we believing everything an injured brain tells us? We shouldn't be. Like, we should be really analyzing it. And... And being honest, being honest and open is the biggest thing, like, which I wasn't for years. Just if I'm feeling bad, I just say I'm feeling bad. I'm feeling sad. You know, my wife will say, why? You know what? I don't know why, but I'm just going to let it roll. I'm going to let it roll over me. I'm not going to connect with it. I'm not going to go for a walk just with it. Feel I'm just going to let it, let it pass. Just feel those right? feelings, you know, and let yourself. Yeah. Um, that breakthrough I was telling you about, I was sitting on the edge of the bed for about an hour weeping, but, uh, but that's what needed to happen. You had yeah. to feel the, the, the feelings. Once I made this connection, uh, of it's like, Oh, that's why that bugged me. Oh, that's what's beneath the surface. Okay. That's, and then yeah. you got, that's how you process it. Like if, if that's tears, let them flow, man. Cause if you <laughs> don't, um, <laughs> it's going to dog you. Like you've got to get it out of you. Yeah. You got to flush the system. I mean, and we talked about my guilt because that's the biggest thing I carry around. So yeah. uh, my psychologist recently asked me something and he said, because we talked about this guilt I have. And even if something happens in the house right now, something bad happens, I immediately feel like it's my fault. Even mm-hmm. if I had nothing to do with it. 
no. right? Take this guilt on. So he asked me, he said, he said, have you ever heard of Q-tip? I went, I thought about it. I said, no, no, I haven't heard of Q-tip. He says, it's easy. Quit taking it personally. And just tell yourself that. So now whenever my wife is, something happens that, or my wife is really upset or my daughter's upset, and originally, no matter what, I would always think it was my fault, I stop for a second, and I just say, Q-tip, quit taking it personally. This isn't about you. This is about them. You know, and, and just get get out of that whole guilt train. I've, I use it every day now. It's so easy, but it's the it seems exact, simple. It's the exact same with being offended. Uh, there's uh, people, yeah. especially nowadays, that are walking around oh. in a constant state of being offended. But, because yes. uh, they are taking it personally, but Q-tip. Yeah. Stop it. It's not about you. There's no reason for you to me. take this personally. Yeah. You it's know, ridiculous. Mosquito I think, I think farts. A lot of us do that. A mosquito farts on the other side of the uh, world and you're upset about it. It's like, it was yeah. farting in my face. Nope. It's on the other side of the world. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's not about it's you. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that brings us to our, what we're dealing with today. I mean, and where you are, I know you see it with all the, with all the, failures of the healthcare system, especially our paramedics where you are. Oh, it's brutal. In Alberta. And it's not being covered by the news. Isn't that interesting? There's a few no, well same here in Nova Scotia. There's a we few have, paramedics that are like they're they're taking the screenshots and they're putting it out there. Yeah. Okay. So this ambulance has to drive an hour and fifteen minutes to do a call in Calgary. What? Yeah. And this is happening every single day. So uh, yeah. instead of five-minute ambulance service, it's an hour and a half. And uh, people are yeah. dying because of it, of course. And the same thing, we're dealing with the same thing here in Nova Scotia. We have ambulances. We have, you know, basically the bulk of our population lives within the Halifax Regional Municipality in Halifax. So, you know, when calls happen and there's a shortage of ambulances in Halifax area because they're all stuck at the hospital for 10 hours or whatever it may be because they can't offload their stretchers, they'll start pulling in ambulances from rural Nova Scotia, leaving those communities short. You know, you have calls that are dropped on trucks that are four hours away for Halifax. Now, chances are that's probably not going to end up being the end result. Someone's going to clear the hospital. They're going to reassign the call. But it doesn't matter. Like, this is... This the this last couple of years, Mark, has been the first time where I've told myself, man, I am so happy that I'm not doing that anymore. I don't know how these people do it. I have really good friends in Calgary, you know, Teresa Coulter. Uh, you know, I feel for her. I feel for them. You know, and obviously all the friends I have here in Nova Scotia that still do it. Like, I don't know how you're doing this. I don't so know. What's causing, the, friends. what's causing the shortage? Because there's pressure from more than one angle. Oh, there is. And I think it's just an overall, it's a system, an overall global system issue. I mean, there's a problem with the offload process at the hospital. Uh, it used to be quick. We used to come in with our stretcher. We'd go around the eMERGE. We'd find an empty bed. We'd go to that bed. We'd put our patient on the bed. Then we waited there for the nurse to give a report, and then we left. But see, now we don't, now we can't do that. I don't know what it's like there, but now we come in, and we have to wait in the hallway for the nurse or whoever's looking after the eMERGE to tell us the bed's available to go to a bed. So there's just, there, there's that, but there's also the public, okay? We have some responsibility in this. I'm going to be honest. We also call ambulances for ridiculous things. Yeah, there's some people that use them as taxis. And we right. won't say who, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Absolutely. 
And because of the shortage of, you know, family physicians, someone having a doctor, every you go to the eMERGE for everything. You shouldn't be going to eMERGE for a cold. You shouldn't be going. Like, but unfortunately, it's led us to these things. And, it's many, and that's just a couple of many probably different factors in this that all come together to make it really complicated. Um, and I don't think it's going to be easy to untangle, but someone's got to start untangling it. Like, it's just... You have to start. Well, I, mean, I, I don't know what the no. number is, but there's a very large number of uh, paramedics throughout the entire system, up to a third, yeah. that have all um, been forced to quit. You know, and when there's right. a crunch on and you're forcing a third to quit, that's that's not okay. Yeah, it's it's that's a it's a hard. Man, I just I don't have words for how like how hard this must be because I understand. So for, I understand everybody has their opinion, obviously, and everybody has you know just their angle on things. I understand why an employer would want their employee to be double vaccinated. I get it. I understand why you want that, or why the government might want that. I understand it. It doesn't mean I like it. It doesn't mean I like having to be, you know, get out and get these shots. It doesn't mean I like having to show proof of it to go in certain places uh, and everything that comes with that. Don't love it. But for me, what I've chosen is the negative energy that would come back to me by being, like, you know, negative about it, whether it be on social media or, like, you know, fight this and fight this. For me, it would just be too much of a negative cost in my life, it would derail my wellness because I'd get caught up in, in all of that. So for me, going in, getting, getting two shots, and, and be done with it. Especially having a wife well, and daughter who it's are not too, it's not two anymore. No, it's not two anymore. And you know what? That's probably it's probably gonna be more. It's probably gonna be more than three. Like, and it, it does. It's just it's frustrating, and people are tired. Right, a couple years of this, people are really tired. Um. It's sad. It's sad that it's come to this. Um, and it's divided. This is, I've talked about this. This issue is one of the most divisive issues that we've had in our generation. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. When and, it comes to division and inability to have a conversation, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. And, you know, friends that just are not friends anymore, family mm-hmm. members who you just have to, had to, you know, you don't talk to anymore. It's... It's really weird, and I don't know, like, I don't, I respect everybody has their choices to make, and whatever choice you make is fine. Choices have always come with consequences. I'm not saying these consequences are reasonable, but they do come with consequences that you are aware of when you make your choice, and it probably all factors into your choice. But you're right. I mean, the timing of this with and then having you know a third of your workforce not available for work in the time where where you need them the most um i just it's frustrating it's it's very frustrating um i'm i'm glad i'm not in the system <laughs> i'm glad i'm not working in this system well there's a lot of, i think the amount of people that have to take leave due to mental health in the ems community yeah. is through the roof which is just putting more pressure which makes it even worse for the rest of them and it's this downhill yeah. spiral it's a negative feedback loop 
and um, it is like I a mean, perpetual in, motion in, machine. Uh, Newsflash for people that don't know: you would think that the healthcare workers would have the Cadillacs of healthcare benefits, especially for mental health. No, 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 they don't. They, no, don't. they don't. Most, most, most benefit packages for healthcare workers. And I'm talking about paramedics, firefighters, you know, police. Uh, RCMP has a little bit more since they're hooked with Veterans Affairs a little bit, but for the most part, we only have enough benefits to cover. If you can get three appointments out of your yearly benefits, you're doing well, right? And that's not enough, especially when you're struggling and you need help. Well, two and a half, three, you know. Yeah, the EMS world, um, we are really lucky at Veterans Affairs, which a lot of people just threw up when I said that probably, but we are. Um, Compared to other communities, I mean, yeah, Veterans Affairs Canada is slow and groggy, and you got to fight them for FARC and everything. Everything's a fight. They act like an insurance company. But it's available, but you have that. But it's there. So, yeah, yeah, maybe it took me 10 months to get in front of a therapist, which is unacceptable. It shouldn't be more than 10 hours, never mind 10 months. But um, uh, so that's not okay, but it's there. Yeah, that's right. You know, and it, and I've been looked it's after. Pitiful. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mean veterans affairs, but just in in general, what people have, what healthcare workers or frontline workers have for mental health benefits, what it, what anybody, any human has for mental health benefits, really is pitiful. Yeah, it's it's not uh, it's not adequate. Well, it's seen as um, non-essential, like it's, uh, yeah, frivolous. it's like frivolous, like you're going, you know, like you're going for a pedicure. <laughs> But uh, yeah. it's like, no, no, it's not a pedicure. It's not no. a mani. It's, it's not. It, it's not. It's it's critical. Without mental health, um, uh, health there is nothing else. That's I right. mean, I think most people would choose, and this is going to be a bit graphic for my friends that are missing limbs, but if I had to choose um, the last 30 years, um, well, let's say since 1994 when I was in a war, if I had to choose doing all that missing a leg or the way the state of mind that, you know, or, or doing it with right. a, with, with a healthy head, I'd, I'd yeah. give my leg for my mind any yeah. day. Take the leg. I, I agree. Take, Take the it. leg, you know, um, honest to God. Um, yeah. and then, but it's of true. course, most that are missing a limb, it, they have both battles to fight. So it's a double yeah. whammy. It's, um, yeah, it's just, it's cyclical, right? I mean, because your mental health struggles put you in a mind frame and a mindset to then not take care of yourself physically, which then makes your mental outset, onset, you know, worse. Negative feedback. Which means you don't take your, like, it's just keeps yeah. spiraling. Which is why the power of good habits, you know, like for, for myself, habits, I, uh, I, I learn French every day. I'm at 411 days in a row. Right, really, but it's a um, it's an everyday thing, and I'm, it doesn't matter that I'm two or three years probably from being able to speak at, at any level. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's the fact that I'm keeping a promise to myself every day. When you keep promises to yourself every single day, that right. consistency makes you feel better. It, it boosts your self confidence. When you boost it your self confidence, you feel a little less shitty about yourself. You That's know, right. and uh, so the more and, it, and you have to gauge your capacity. You know, I'm no David Goggins, but I do work out twice a day. <laughs> he's awesome. Oh, yeah. he's unbelievable, right? Yeah. Uh, so am I getting my Goggins on? 
No, that's why I went to arm wrestling. It's more my speed. It's very easy training, you know, it's just, yeah. but you still got to do it, but it's my speed. So, I mean, I'm 51, right. my knees aren't great. Uh, so I'm going to do this arm wrestling. It works for me, but it's something yeah. and it's something physical and it's something physical that I can um, do as a habit. And every right. time I do that and I feel my forearms getting bigger and stronger, I'm like, I'm keeping promises to myself. I feel better to my, about myself, so I do more to treat myself properly. That's a positive feedback loop, as opposed to the negative feedback loop that has to be broken or you'll never get out of the weeds. You're right. I mean, people think it's silly when I say, just make your bed. Let's start off with making your bed. It starts then, the positive feedback loop. Right. Very first thing of the day, boom, you accomplish something. Yeah. Build on that, but you have to do it every day. Every day. I think, you know... A lot of people, me included, I was there, simply look for the easiest way or the easiest path or the shortcut, or we blame other people for our lack of growth, when really we need to really shut up and, and sit with ourselves for a while, honestly, and make sure that make sure that the only obstacle that you have to growth isn't yourself, right? Because most times it is, because we look at hard work and we say, fuck that, I'm not doing that. Oh, okay, well, I guess me and my psychologist don't connect. So I'll go find another psychologist until that one gives us homework to do that we don't like, and then we'll find someone else. It doesn't happen all the time. That's not every situation, but it happens. Oh, yeah. Or And most know. people give up the first time because uh, that's sanctuary trauma. I mean, it takes everything you have in you to reach out for help that first time, whatever that help right. is. If you get your hand smacked, that's it. You crawl inside a yeah. bottle and you don't come out. And that's why it's so important to learn how to be a good peer supporter because it's usually a peer yeah. that is the first line of contact, right? So if that's you right. have no idea what to do and you screw it up, because you went to the, to the path of least resistance. This is where I feel the most safe. I'm going to talk to my peer. I think this is that's the right, right person to talk to. Say, like, hey, man, can I talk to you? I'm, I've gotten these struggles and I don't know what to do about it. What do you think? If somebody comes to you with that, I mean, that is such a huge step. If you fuck that up, right? That's it. They're crawling into the. They're crawling into a closet, and they ain't coming out. You know, yeah. for, for maybe a couple of years, for sure. Or ever. I mean, yeah, it's true. It's so tricky. I mean, and again, we tend to focus on the wrong things when we're struggling. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, and I've said this many times, it's not your psychologist's responsibility to fix you. It's not your family's responsibility to help you through this. It's not your friends. It's not your government. It's not your even your employer's responsibility to fix this. The first responsibility lies with you. Well, everybody, you may everybody else can lay the, the path, right? Like the path can yeah. be laid before you, or you could be guided. If you don't know where the path is, that's what service officers are at the Legion. They'll get you on the path, you know? Right. And, uh, but, nobody can move your feet for you. No. And you might have, might not have chosen to be here. You may not have chosen the things that have happened to you and you may have been treated, treated, you know, really badly and it has contributed to where you are now, but none of that mat. We get tangled up in that. Whose fault it was that we ended up here. Yep. It does not matter. No. You're wasting your energy. The fact is you're here. You're here now. What are you going to do? You need to do something. And the first step has to be you, like you said. And if it's not, and if you're not fully committed and you are not committed to any kind of the hard work that you need to do, 
you're not going to fully grow. You're going to get to a point and then you're going to have to start again. And that's okay. Many of us do it many times. Oh my it's God. Okay. Yeah. Um, but until you realize that it, people say it gets easier. Bullshit. It's not easier. It's hard every day. <laughs> you just have it's more, hard work you, every day. you get more tools. Yeah. It becomes routine. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It becomes routine. So you remember to do it becomes part of your life, but it's still time. It's still hard work. There are good days and bad days and you have to be kind to yourself. You have to be gentle with yourself and realize that, but it's a fine line. You have to be gentle with yourself and tough on yourself. You also have to know when you're making excuses and kick yourself in the ass. Yeah. Right. Because it's easy to turn that into an excuse. Right. You know, my brain, I said, my brain tells me all the time, Oh dude, you worked out yesterday. You did pretty good. Uh, we don't have to do that today. How about we just sit and chill with some Netflix? We'll order some skip the dishes. You deserve this. No, you have to shut that down. Yeah. No, shut the fuck up. No, I'm going to keep going. It's keeping those promises to yourself. That's what right. integrity is. Have that inner integrity first. If you don't look after you first, you'll never, ever be able to look other, after others as well as you could have. You gotta fill you your won't. first your tank first. You have to. And if you're like me and you need to reconnect with family, like my wife, my daughter, as hard as it may be, that cannot be your focus. Because if you're focused just on that, you're gonna miss the point. Yeah. You need to focus on you first. Make yourself well. Get yourself into good routines. They're gonna see that. They're gonna notice it. You need to do that. And through that, through you working on yourself, those things will get better naturally. But we can't just focus on that. We have to focus on us. And they have to be part of the process because if they're right. like, all you think about is yourself, you're off going fishing and you're off doing this and you're, or, or you're on your motorcycle, you're so selfish. You might hear that. So yeah. they have to be part of the process so that they understand. It's like, look, you know, remember how I was a total dick and I lost my temper, you know, over nothing yesterday? Yeah. Uh, yes. Cause I, cause I said it was a green apple and you said it was a red apple and I fucking flipped out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Well, that's because I'm having problems. My cup is full. I need to drain that cup. The only way I know of to drain that cup is to go fishing, is to ride on my motorcycle. That way, I'm not, uh, the more I drain the cup, the less I'm going to yell at you. So is it okay if you support me in draining this cup? And if the answer is no, you're still a selfish dick, you have to get out of there. You do. Doesn't matter how much you love. Environment to grow. It does not matter. Yeah, you have. You need a plant needs water and sunshine. That's it. And so do you. You need the water and sunshine. So if your household is telling you no, you can't heal or cope. I'm not giving you space to do that. Every time you go to heal and cope and look after yourself, I'm going to shit on you and tell you you're a selfish prick. You can't be there because you will die. That's right. Just like a plant without water or light. It will die. It's true. You will fucking die. Or or morph into this uh, troll creature that you don't want to be. You have to get out of that house, and you have to be around uh, uh, people that get it. That's where peer support yeah. groups are for, where they are encouraging you. Like, of course you should be on that motor. Of course you should be on the river fishing. Of course you should be doing whatever it is that works for you. And uh, if you're not with people that are encouraging you and dragging you out of the house to do that, you're with the wrong fucking people. (laughs) Yeah. And that's a hard thing to recognize. Oh, Christ, is it ever. A lot of times. 
And it's a hard decision to make. Yeah, it is. Because it's not that you don't love those people. Um, and, you you know, you respect them and support them. But they are unable to provide what you need to maintain your wellness. Like, you just have to come to that conclusion. And if you don't think you're susceptible to suicide, uh, you are. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. wrong. Uh, if the thought is Pardon ever, button, but you are. If the thought has ever crossed your mind, it's like you know, it would just be easier if I didn't wake up, or it would just be easier if I drove into that bridge and buttonment, or you know, it'd be so easy. All I got to do is jump off the edge of that cliff. You know, um, right. well, I'll just drive into this uh, oncoming semi truck. If you've ever had the thought even once, then yes, you could. So if you keep yeah. yourself in in the, in that environment where you are constantly being beaten down, and every time you you get grasp for a gulp of air, your head is put under the water. You have to get out of there, you, or you will yeah. drown. There is no way around it. It's the rule of five. You are the sum total of the five people you spend the most uh, time with in morals, character, mental health, everything. So, if your best friend in the world is uh, constantly in a spin and you're in a spin, you can no longer have that best friend in the world. Yeah. You can't, or you will both drown. No, it's true. It's true, and it's all just part of the hard work and just analyzing everything, internally, externally. It's um, it's worth it, I can tell you that. It is worth um, it. But it's not fun. No. <laughs> it's not, don't think it's going to be fun at all or enjoyable they're going to be, in, in, you know, there's going to be enjoyable moments through it. And in, in general at the, you know, when you, once you get so far, you're going to feel uh, better, you know, more often you're going to just have less, hopefully less downs and less downs and ups. You're going to have more ups, but getting there is not, it's not fun. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. But you have to keep your feet moving. If you, if you don't, you know, uh, you'll be stuck and it's just, you, you just have to. You know, because your your questions are keep moving or die. Those are your yeah. questions. Th- those are your choices. It is a binary it, choice. It is. And here's the other thing. Listeners are listening to this. And here's what they're saying. Man, Mark has got his shit together. <laughs> he knows exactly what to do. Sean sounds like he fucking knows every tool there is. Uh, guess what? We still struggle. Yeah. We sure. still don't do the things we should. Sometimes it's not easy. We struggle. We may know what to do. It doesn't mean we, that we actually choose to use it all the time. Yeah. Sean, Does that make sense? I think we're there. Right on. I think that's it. Um, I invite everybody to find the Uptalk podcast. What's the best place to find the Uptalk podcast with Sean Conahan on Spotify? Um, yeah, it's on Spotify. You find it on Apple, Google. Now it's on Amazon podcasts. Um, or you can go to the BNV uh studio channel on apple or their website they'll have a page there um i just want to mention quickly before we go so oh, absolutely this will be announced shortly you see me wearing these clothes the valor clothes the hat and the, and the hoodie uh recently uh inked a partnership with them they're going to be the official apparel of uptalk started by two rcmp officers who struggle um and 100 percent of the profits go to help support programs that support the first responders. Um, so Valor Maritime Society, they are doing awesome work. They just inked a partnership deal with uh, the Royal International Tattoo, uh, which a lot of you will be um, familiar with, I think. They're doing great things. Um, I'm blessed to be a part of it. 
Uh, Graham and Garrett are awesome, but please check them out. They're doing good work. All right. Well, fantastic. Sell, sell some hats and, and hoodies, man. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But this has been great. I'm glad we finally connected, Mark. Well, obviously, we could chat for about a lot of other stuff, so I can come on anytime you want. But um, I won't make you wait so long again, I promise. All right. Um, and next time, have your audio set up and ready to go. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Now I'm like spoiled now. I have a studio. For I that. know. I know. And I'm You're pre- practice, prima donna. But- I, I am. I'm you and Joe Rogan, man, just a couple of prima donnas. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Sean but, P. yeah, I invite everybody to listen. Please let me know what you think. Um, got a lot of uh, good guests coming up for Season 7. We have lots of work to do. There's room for all different podcasts. Someone doesn't oh, like yeah, Up Talk. Is. Tune to Operation Tango Romeo or vice versa. People need choice. That's right. It took me a long time to realize that we're not in competition. No, we're not. We're, we're all going in the same but, direction. But people get in that mindset. We're not. Yeah. Um, I share all your stuff. I share everybody's podcast stuff because people need choice. And at the end of the day, we're trying to help people. That's it. That's all right. it. More love, less judgment, brother. That's it. That's 100%. Please stay in the line. <laughs> Thanks for being here. You're listening cool. to Operation Tango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast for veterans, first responders, even those paramedics. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. Now I've got a favor to ask you. And I know everybody asks for the same favor, but it's really, really important. If you can help, do your little bit by going to Apple Podcasts, leaving a rating and a comment. That would be awesome. Also, on your favorite podcast platform, whether that be Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, or whatever floats your boat and blows your hair back, please click follow and if there's a option there for rating please do so and this is why every time you click like leave a rating leave a comment what happens is that it makes it easier for other people to find this podcast the help that you can't find doesn't help at all so help other people find this so that they can help themselves thank you thank you thank you and as always share share like the sugar bear because sharing is caring Operation Tango Romeo is supported by Third Eye Insights in partnership with Miller's Lawyers. Third Eye Insights is a marketing agency specializing in creating content that connects with humans. They provide top-level logo and branding, website design, SEM and SEO, social media design and management, as well as print and promotional material. You can find them at thirdeyeinsights.ca. Miller's Lawyers is a top-level law firm led by my friend and fellow Army veteran, Philip Miller. Miller's Lawyers serves all of Canada with offices in Calgary, London, and Toronto. If you can't afford to lose, choose Miller's Lawyers. Visit them at millerslaw.com. That's M-I-L-L-A-R-S law.com.